When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Love is the law wherever you are hearing this radio broadcast, on a radio, on the stream, on the app, or in the future as a podcast. It's all love here. No haters, except for... (laughs) In case if you hate snow in October, then we might allow some of that today. How about it's slippery? Please drive carefully, but people on the roads know it. Listen, the traffic is going to be a nightmare. We've been seeing this crap. (laughs) No, but there is traffic, and it is slick out. It is. I actually took me a little while to get into work. Yeah, you were creeping, crawling, and no, we're we're not ready here on October 20th, but it just fits the year. It does. It really does. Mm -hmm. It's just like, here, take it. You know how you said your flowers finally died? Finally you, all died. Okay, so mine did too. Mm-hmm. And I cut the vines down today and I'm like, they finally died. But underneath there was still some green and I'm like, oh, there's still life. If I put it in my garage, will it Maybe. maybe. <laughs> will it last? And I, I mean, noticed you have a I voted sticker on. I did. did. you do the early voting? I did. I had my um, ballot, got my ballot in the mail and then I brought it in. In Woodbury, you bring it to the li- the city library. Yeah. And, you know, you walk in, everyone's wearing their mask, of course. Uh And um, if you've already got your ballot filled out, you go here. And then they double check it to make you've signed it right and done everything right. Simple. And put it in the ballot box. Yeah, and otherwise people can just vote right now. It's I'm simple. planning on going two weeks I from know you today. Are. But what if it was snowing That's, like this? This is exactly why this people This is why... Vote. I went and I thought I might as well just do it, but I wanted to do it in person, you know, kind of thing. And you can everywhere around the Twin Cities. So people, you can vote right now in person. Yeah. Just check it out. Rocco, are you going to vote in person? Yeah. Well, yeah, we sort of filled out our, um, you know, absentee and we were going to go drop them in the box downtown. Okay. Yeah. Do you have to vote in your own county? Is that how that works? Or I mean, I could go to Woodbury, right? If I live in Minneapolis. I have no I don't idea. no idea, honey, where you bring it. I mean, they didn't check anything the, except for they like, didn't check that I was a Woodbury resident. They didn't check yeah, my they driver's license. They just want to make sure you've signed no, you it. You don't have to check your driver's license because right. you're already a registered voter. But they didn't even check that. Yeah, but you wouldn't have got that thing sure. if you oh. weren't a registered voter. Oh, she's smart today. <laughs> that blonde hair is working overtime. Casey looked this morning. He... Uh, mailed his a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and he went to minnesotastate.gov and he goes, oh yeah, they got my thing. And I'm just the lone rebel holdout just going, I'm going to do go I was going to do school. it with you, Lori, but I just thought, why not if I have it all done? And yeah, I was right yeah, there. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Indeed. Why okay, not? I saw something really sh- shocking today from at the hands of B. Arthur. And she did not <laughs> seem to think that this was a big deal. And as long as we're talking about B. Arthur, the project down in Dirty Tickets went on sale this morning. Yes. 
So people are wondering, what does that even look like it, or mean? It means you'll be able to listen to the War of the Worlds when we do the live radio show on Friday, October thirtieth, and um, you're just gonna have to suspend reality and listen. In, in but a, I, are we also gonna be on screen? I yes, assume, we're okay. gonna be the Zoom thing. And, okay, you, know, but you just can't. And see all the it. money is going to the four charities yes. that we're raising money for, and it's really our main way of raising. And it's not very much money to no. to listen, but it's going to be War of the Worlds comedy style. And I've already. I mean, I shouldn't tell a bad story about B. Arthur because I did. You know, just let it be known the types of parts I would yes, like to that play. that you speak Russian, Italian, French, just, German, just, Irish, you know, Southern Bell. Because that radio drama was done in like 1938, almost all the rules are for men. So they're having to re Well, we have deep voices. <laughs> I know, but they're having to rechange because we've got a lot of women here. Or rewrite. Rewrite, mm-hmm. but they're rewriting it for comedy. So anyway, so those tickets are on sale and people are buying them and that's all good and fine. So I'm still going to out be on her disgusting thing. So tell me I'm talking to her about. Um, oh, I said to her, I said the best we're having the best book of the year on mm-hmm. uh, Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I said at 330, you're going to want to listen because I know she does take our book picks. Uh, somewhat seriously, mm-hmm. but I thought I'd give her the heads up as the boss. <laughs> and then she pulled down her mask and she was holding a banana in her hand. And you know how the stock and the thing yes. that breaks away from the other banana, mm-hmm. she put that banana butt stock in her, in her, in mouth. her mouth, the brown part, and and tore it and bit into it oh, and I've done tore that. it back. That's not bad, Lori. That's nothing. That's the end you're supposed to do it on. No. Julia, you you cut that. If you don't have a knife. Okay, or you peel it back. If your nails don't don't work. You don't put it in your mouth. That thing has been in crates and trucks. She's washed it. No. No, No, she hasn't. (laughs) Look at Rocco. But no, also, I've done that where you tried to bite it. Yeah. If you get like, it kind of has a bad taste. It does. It's icky on your teeth because the feeling of it is icky. I've never, I've been around a while. I've never seen anyone tear into a banana that way outside (laughs) of a zoo. Casey the gorilla at Como is doing that. You know, that's, that's it. So and funny. she just looked at me and then she went over to ask Phil and mm-hmm. you know, if it was score gross. north. And he just kind of looked at her and he goes, Well, I can't say I've done that. You know, <laughs> she was going to try and quickly prove me wrong, but I was just like, that is really the a weird banana habit. That I, I, she goes. She tried to liken it to biting into an apple. No, it's not no. the same. And I said, no, this is a bad argument. Go to your office and come up with a better thing. And she never came back. Well, probably so, because she's like, I'm she's sick busy. of you. I'm yeah. saying she's so busy. First of all, she's got 19 jobs around here, so she is very busy. But we have been instructed to, you know, catch up on that fabulous broadcast, War of the Worlds, and listen to it to get ready for our roles. Right, that she wants us to watch uh-huh. it, like an Orson Welles documentary. I can't wait. I can't <sighs> wait. What are you doing tonight? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like you could do that and film me I love, in I love that the because that gonna, I get around We're going to do a vintage scandal on War of the Worlds. We're going to do some deep dives. But yeah, I mean, 
I can read about it. You Maybe really, I can how watch do you have time it. on that busy schedule? Yeah, yes. I know it. You Gosh. Know yeah. I suppose you've got I a massage look. and a hairdo tonight. What no, the hell? But I mean, Rocco, are you going to watch, gonna watch it? it? Well, I was assigned it. You know, I know. I see, to be the good but see, employee. see, look at you. I like that about you. That I take assignments loosely. No, that you gave it to me, but Rocco's willing to do it. Thank you, Rocco. Between the two of us, maybe we can <laughs> yeah. let Nora. And then you'll assign know. me a deep dive, and yeah. that's how you guys will get the yeah. info out of it. Exactly. This that's is well, look like at how this. we work. Yeah, I kind of like how we roll that way. I but I'm Donnie. Make you, me do all the work. Right. <laughs> oh, if only we could. <laughs> if only we could. All right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Oops, I'm reversing myself. I'm not that innocent. I'm, I am going to watch the Amazon uh, American Experience War of the Worlds that came out five years ago. Is this just because B. Arthur came in here with another banana? No, it was because <laughs> Peter Rothstein, who directed us in Project Down yeah. and Dirty the Musical recommended it'll help us with our acting next week and since i am a wooden actor i need i like it i am an actor i'm mm-hmm. an actor that mm-hmm. is wooden so i will do my prep work it's only 53 minutes and the amazon reviewers give it a five out of six five and a half out of six stars really yeah all right so Oliver Platt, so, David McCullough, Michael Murphy. So we're going to come. The three of us it. are going to do our homework tonight and come in. Well, we're our... just going to be prepared so when the director has a meeting next Tuesday night and gathers all of the show people, we will have a clue what's going on. Won't that be nice for Won't them? Won't that be nice for us? Mm-hmm. Peter Rothstein, he's like the best director in town. I he, know. He is so, so brilliant. Good. This is. I think this is getting exciting. I'm yeah. kind of excited for it. It's completely different than anything we've ever done, but what the heck? Just the only little tiny part of it is that we're not all getting to spend the night, which is, you know... Super fun. Super Leaving fun. our house. It's like camp. 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 It comes quickly after the State Fair, yeah. our other summer camp, and Super before fun. the SAG Awards, our third summer camp. Yeah. I mean, we like to go on way to camp. <laughs> Glamping camp. We're campers trips. here, Rocco. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. This uh, news broke last night. Jeff Bridges uh, announced on Twitter that uh, he had been diagnosed with lymphoma. Natalie Morales from the Today Show is reporting. In typical dude fashion, it's the same way he announced his serious medical condition to the world. Writing on Twitter, as the dude would say, new expletive has come to light. Adding, I have been diagnosed with lymphoma. Although it is a serious disease, I feel fortunate that I have a great team of doctors and the prognosis is good. The 70-year-old Oscar winner going on to say that he has started treatment for the disease, although he did not specify which kind of lymphoma he has. According to the American Cancer Society, the two main types are Hodgkin lymphoma and non-Hodgkin lymphoma, both common blood cancers affecting the body's immune system. Along with various medications, treatment usually involves chemotherapy, radiation, and in rare cases, stem cell transplants. Oy. But it is. Um, it depends on what kind. Fine, he it didn't totally say. does. You can't speculate. There's like right. yeah. Tom Brokaw's had the one kind. Yeah. I can't well, remember. And Randy Shaver. Randy Shaver. Randy yes. Shaver. I mean, there yes. are. It's a beatable cancer. Yes, but it, yeah. is. it is. But you just don't know what. Yeah. So and I, you know, so I mean, he's he's uh, you know, we just celebrated him. Um, um, 
last a year ago at the Golden Globes. Remember, he got the Cecil B. DeMille. Yes. And he's kind of amazing. He's he's only 70, but his career has is so long because he acted going back to his dad. And he was in an iconic first movie, The Last Picture Show, with Sybil Shepard when yeah. he was just 20. He's really been acting like Michael Douglas has acted forever. You know, he's like in that lifelong, lifelong, the Lloyd Bridges show, his dad show, and his brother, of course, is, of course, is Bo Bridges. And one of their greatest movies I thought was with Michelle Pfeiffer, the fabulous Baker boys. They were so I want him to be okay. I want the dude to be okay. We like him. We met him, Rocco. He was so charming at the SAG Awards for the year. um, What was it called? Crazy Crazy Heart. Heart. When he won for Crazy Heart, he won everything about the old country Western guy. I loved him in Come Hell or High Water, but he he came back and brought his wife. Yes, he did. And in Hollywood, and this is 10 years ago that we met him. And at that time, they had been married like 32 years. Yeah. They got married young. He was in his... 20s, I believe, and he has three daughters, and he just, I'm an, I'm a, I'm a man in a house full of women. Even the animals are women. He was just really charming, charming down to earth, believe. And and even in his in his, um, you know, tweet last night by, you know, I have this, but let's, you know, while I've got your attention, right? Please vote. Yes, you know, know. it's not about him. It's about yeah. he. Yeah. He just is the dude, and the yeah. dude, of course, is from. The big Lebowski, and he's your guy, isn't that's he, Rocco? Because right. that's Rocco's movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember? That's every guy's kid. movie. Oh, for sure. But remember? I, I saw King Kong when I was a kid and Tron. I mean, I've been a and, fan since single digits. And remember when we went to Iceland, Laurie, and we went to the big Lebowski bar, and didn't we bring you back right. something? Yeah, you brought me some postcards. Yeah, we, we did. did. It's, it's cool. right on the main shopping street in White Reykjavik. Reykjavik. I mean, everything in there, it is a whole bar devoted to the big Lebowski. Everything in there, the sayings, posters, T-shirts, everything, the dude. Another fun camp we went to. Looks like it's still there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reykjavik is the Las Vegas of Europe. Mm Mm-hmm. Whenever well, that, that gets good. back to me. Yeah. That well, they got drinks. They got a, a a banana white Russian. Oh, oh yeah. No, it's and just... the bartender peels the butt end with his mouth <laughs> <laughs> to get it going. Anyway, oh. I, I love that he also signed his Twitter love Jeff. He's that's oh. just like so sweet. So I really hope he's okay. But I I never I, I never can remember if it's Hodgkin or non. If one is worse than the other. Um, I, I can't remember, but I guess one of the main things is you'll have an enlarged lymph node, like in your neck, neck or under your arm or in your groin. That's that's where you can find. And then, of- yeah, you'll also be real sweaty at night and you could be very tired and there's night sweats and uh, there's a lot of different you got two different ones. But the enlarged being on that's why your doctor is always feeling your neck, your lymph nodes. Yeah. Yeah. They're feeling mm-hmm. it out. So you should feel your groin area and the under the armpits, yeah. too. Cause- All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. That could be also be breast cancer. Well, guys should be feeling their groin area so mm-hmm. they can be not just in touch with the rod, but in touch with the balls. Okay. I knew she was going to say that. I, I know. Mean, can that, we, can, that even cancer take, talk. Can we say hi to Bruno right now? Because I'm sure <laughs> Megan Bruno are listening The fastest growing cancer in young men is testicular cancer. Yes. And it's everybody is familiar with the rod, but not the real, if you will, the undercarriage. Oh, for crying No, but you, you, are, to... you just have to feel them. You have to feel them. I mean, I know two of my friends, their boys, one boy got testicular cancer at 19 and another one at 22. Oh, I know my good friend, her boy got it at 60. Yeah, so, yeah, it you is know, something. it is just, I mean, as long as you're uh, so familiar with everything, they are just check everything else, even though it's not as much fun, you know, to feel that. Well, you know, when you go, you know, when you have boys and you go to the doctor's pediatrician, I remember our doctor um, and I'm always in the room with the boys and it's always just a rite of passage, the squeezing of the balls. Yeah. And and one year my kids are, you coming in with me, mom? You know, kind of that kind of thing. Leave me alone. You know, and I'm like, well, is he going to do that again? I said, yep. Yep. (laughs) That's what they do. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. uh, look at you've got these things that hang outside of you that we can feel if, if something is wrong. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know what is going on with Jeff, but uh, we wish him, we hope he's going to be just fine, right? Yes. He'll, yes, we really do, Laura. I'm so excited about talking to our author. I hope she's, uh, she's had like all kinds of amazing news. So the woman's name is uh, V.E. Schwab, and she has written, she's written like a lot of these sort of like she had this vampire Series that's just been ordered to Netflix. She's written like a lot of a lot of like young adult and um, other books, but we've never read her. Right, we just read her f- novel called "The Invisible Life of Addie Larue," which is hands down the best book we've read this year. Deliciously yummy, hands down. Mm-hmm. Didn't want it to end, and it was a big one, Julia. By your I, count, I know. how many pages? A big one. Like over 400. Yeah. And it reminded us, us of, of Time Traveler's time Wife. Time Traveler's Wife. A little bit of um, the history of witches. A little bit of um, the historian. Some of our favorite books that yeah. were all combined. Life After Life. Yes. It's this big epic story. So, And she's in Scotland. Rocco, we hope I, we have the right phone number. Yeah, oh. you have it. I don't think we're calling her in Scotland, though. Because oh, the, 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 the number we have yeah, number, yeah. Oh, okay. is local, that but is. that's where she usually resides. It is. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe she's doing virtual book tours from like a fancy hotel in New York or something. From the Four Seasons. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. She's busy selling in all West of her Palm books Beach. The series. <laughs> yeah. She's going to, yeah, she's, she's anyway, busy. I'm, I'm excited to talk yep. to her. We'll be right back with Victoria Schwab. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, this is a perfect day to do a book uh, review because it's snowing out. We're getting ready to get tuckled in for a good long time. And we have uh, V.E. Schwab with us, and we're going to call her Victoria and her book. This is the first time we've read one of your books, Victoria, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and it's hands down our 
favorite, favorite book of the year. Thank you so much. That means the world. Oh, oh it's delicious. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Tell us the setup of the story, and then we want to know what inspired you or how you came up with the idea. I don't know which one you answer first for this story. (laughs) Of course. Of course. So the setup, kind of the elevator pitch, if you will, is about a young woman in 18th century France who makes a deal with the devil to live forever and ends up cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. So the story follows her through 300 years of history as she tries to leave a mark on a world that can't remember her all the way to New York City when she meets a young man who can. Oh, I mean, <laughs> how I, we, cause we didn't, we haven't read your other books and I know you read some young adult books like the, you've got Shades of I Magic, have. Vicious, and we want to talk to you about your short story that's already been optioned with Netflix. But I mean, we really do love, like we love The Time Traveler's Wife. This book reminded us of that. It's such a, wonderful epic oh, and you. we love the character of Addie LaRue loved her mm-hmm. yeah thank you so much I mean she was a, a love story 10 years in the making if you can believe it I'm, I'm 33 now I started writing her story when I was 23 okay really how oh, lucky to have yeah. talent and know where to put it at such a young age well, no, what? I mean, what? also know where not to put it right I mean I spent 10 years or eight years really not writing it because I didn't feel like I was ready. I didn't feel like I had lived enough or in the ways that I needed to. And so it would take almost a decade for me to feel like I had actually done enough and become enough of a writer to tell the story. It, it's pretty amazing. And, and you, in, in the book, we're talking to Victoria Schwab, The um, Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. You know, when we start out, I can't remember what century we're in, but 17th century. Mm -hmm. And and a young Addie is is kind of making a deal like, I don't want to be married. I don't want to be with this person, blah, blah, blah. And then what choice did a girl have in 1763? (laughs) Very few. (laughs) Not a lot. And, And I was we were reading something that Peter Pan kind of inspired this character. Absolutely. So I was, I was, this is a very, very short version. I was living in an ex prison warden's garden shed in Liverpool, England. <laughs> as one does. Say, <laughs> as one does. So I have to say, it wasn't my favorite environment. And so a housemate would drop me off in kind of random places to hike for the day. And I ended up hiking to the very top of this very large rise in the Lake District. And as I sat down, very tired and with nobody else in sight, I thought to myself, I bet this is what immortality feels like. Like I was just very, very exhausted. And I had been studying Peter Pan, this idea of a character who forgets. But at the same time, I was watching my grandmother um, go through dementia and forget my mother. Mm. And the, the pain that my mother had for being forgotten seemed so much more acute than the pain of forgetting. So all of these things started to mull together. I always talk about ideas that are not single entities, really, but ingredients in a meal, if you will. These are the first ingredients that went into the meal that would become Addie. Well, I mean, it is so it's such an intoxicating meal that you've put together. And I tried a couple times to explain to people who I know are book lovers and would love this book. And I just give a little bit of the story. I said, but really, you just have to trust me. And, and buy it. this book and read it because <laughs> it it's just exquisitely delicious. Everything and another character that is part of the book is that with Addie LaRue living for all these years, that she shows up in art as as a muse, but maybe not always the face, but she knows it's her. And I was very fascinated with that whole 
part of the story. The tour also being that we took character. through the museums yeah. and everything. It was really. How, how yeah. did that happen? Well, really, it's come down to this, this phrase that's in the book that ideas are wilder than memory. Right. And this idea that maybe you can't leave an active, conscious mark on somebody's life. But as artists, we're constantly being inspired by things. And we can't always put our finger on where the inspiration comes from. And muses, of course, are not a, not a new idea. But I started to think to myself, all right, Addie can't take credit for anything. She can't leave a physical mark. But I bet that she could help to influence the idea of art. And in in turn, artists can render her, artists can interpret her. And so she begins to chart her own existence really through the pieces of art that she either influences, that she inspires, that she helps guide and create throughout history. It's yeah. so good. It's so good. Yeah, I, I was just, sad. I, I was we so both sad. Were. We both were when it was over. We just, I cl- closed the book and I was like, damn. I listened to it. I listened to part of it and read part of it. And, and you know, I like doing those things both ways. But this is a book to read, I think. I think so. I loved oh, thank you. reading it. Um, and just your melodic phrases and the way you write. It was so lovely. And you just felt like you really felt for this girl who was invisible. Well, was, but I also, who isn't thought of making a Faustian pact with the devil? Would you do exactly. something to get eternal mm-hmm. youth and beauty, you know, and on the surface or to get out of a situation? Life? Yeah, you know, so it, it you it is intoxicating. She was positive about some of the good things that she got out of it. Well, and that's the really interesting thing, right, is so often the Faustian bargains that we read about or that we see, um, they happen to men. Mm-hmm. And so men get to move through history unencumbered, right? They are as free as they can be the most of the time in these stories, and they see everything there is to do, drink everything there is to drink, like experience. And so they end up with this kind of existential ennui. They end up bored. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to write a character who neither had the luxury of just traveling unencumbered, but also would never get bored. Addie can be distilled down to the concept of stubborn hope and defiant joy. Mm-hmm. Those are the guiding principles for her. Okay, oh you're gosh. lovely. Oh, geez. Just the way you talk, Victoria, you're so darling. Okay, so oh, it, it's you. it's funny because last night um, Emma Roberts was on, I think, with Stephen Colbert or something. And, yes. and she's attached to your short story that Netflix is going to produce. Can you talk to us a little I mean, bit about that? this is like breaking news. I know, yeah. So interestingly, it's a year to the day tomorrow since the project first sold to Netflix. I wrote a short story. So I'm gay, and I wanted to write the kind of story I wish I'd seen as a teenager, right? And we pitched it as Buffy meets Killing Eve, but it's about a teenage vampire, a girl Uh. who has a crush on a girl at her school, decides she's going to be her first kill. And when she goes to bite her, the girl goes to stake her in the heart. It turns out that her crush is a vampire hunter. And it's about their families and about, you know, it's a star-crossed lover's tale with many, many twists. And it's just been an absolute joy bringing it to Netflix. Um, Emma and Bellatrice, the production team that that she runs, they're just wonderful. And and to have the insight and and the the companionship and the teamwork along the way has just been, everything has been a dream come true. I mean, that's kind of, that's like all of your, you know, your other books, you know, Vicious and Shades of Magic, you know, and that, that like that young, you you really have tapped into something. I bet that's just going to be amazing what they do with it. It sounds so good. It sounds so good. I think of how well the the, uh, Witcher um, Netflix did mm-hmm. with The Witcher, bringing that story 
Um, yeah, and I think hopefully between, you know, Stranger Things and Sex Education, there's mm-hmm. a really nice place there for teenage drama yes. that also has genre involved. And I think especially for the queer community, like so often you're told if you're in a story, it's because you're queer. It's because you need a coming out narrative. And sometimes mm-hmm. we just need a queer existence narrative. Sometimes, you know, like our identity, our sexuality, our race, these elements don't have to be the only reason we get to be the heroes of the story. Yes, yes Victoria. Hear, hear, hear. I mean, that How is... How exciting. Well, is yes. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, do you want this to become a series, movie? So, What's your actually, dream? About three weeks ago, I finally got to announce after four years of work that it's in development as a film and that I wrote the script for it. Oh, okay, I have goosebumps now. Okay. This, that is, <laughs> do you have a cast with it or is it? We don't have a cast yet. We're just, we're just starting the director hunt, if you will. And so, but it has been such a love affair and the opportunity to envision this story that I've lived with so long, not one way, but two ways for mm. the page and for the screen has been such an extraordinary challenge and adventure. I'm just really honored to have the opportunity. I I see Dakota fanning <laughs> Addie, for there Addie. So many, yeah. I, I know there's I so think many. She needs a strong. The thing about this story really is there are only three characters. Like right, you're right. It's a triptych. It's a trio, and so the opportunity to bring this young woman who makes a deal with the devil, the devil himself. He's Matt Bomer, human man who remembers mm-hmm. her. Matt Bomer should be Luke. I mean, Matt Bomer can do anything. I know. I think he should be Luke. Luke. Okay, if you're just joining us, we're so delighted. We are being joined by Victoria Schwab. Her new book is um, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. We... Best book of the year. We love, love, love it. Tell us... um, Oh, you're making me blush. Oh, no. You are so delightful. I'm sorry we haven't read you before now. But we're Um, going to. We're going to. Can can you tell us, um, Victoria, the last great book that you read? Yes. Okay. The last great book that I read was called The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clune. It is maybe the story that so many of us need this year in that it is warm, in that heartwarming found family sense, has a bit of genre, has a bit of representation, is surprising and yet rewarding in all the ways you hope the story will come true. Oh my gosh, we're going to contact them now to be on our show. Yeah, <laughs> Whoever this TJ yeah. Clute is. We're going to keep your phone number, I know. Victoria. Sorry, oh if we, sorry if you get late night texts. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. You can call yeah. me anytime. I'm happy to talk books and things that I'm loving. I read probably 100 to 120 books a year and I'm always happy to talk about what I'm loving. Lori, you're in competition because we have an author a week, Victoria. We, we, we really, oh. and we have for, for years we have for years um uh, done the book things it's just something we love to read and you know midwest people i think really do a lot of book reading and this year i think people are reading more than ever and this would your book is just so good and i'm sorry that you can't go out on a book tour because you would just be amazing to go and see (laughs) at a bookstore really we look forward to meeting you and watching your career and reading you and thank you so much victoria for your time thank you so much you guys have a wonderful day we will what a treat okay we've got a couple books um available for um you guys call us at 651-641-1071 otherwise go pick up this book you won't (sighs) It's, you won't be disappointed. You'll be so happy to mm-hmm. spend time with Addie LaRue. Mm-hmm. And she was so delightful. Oh what gosh. a treat. All right. We'll be right back. Okay, so I just want everyone to know, Loreen, Rocco, team, yes. um, that Victoria would like to come back on our show anytime we want. Oh, good. So from the publisher, Kristen. So it was just, you guys, it was a fun interview. I love 
people who can talk about their books, first of all. I mean, hello. I can't. Was, and, you know, she did make a good point. Like, she didn't feel like maybe she had enough because... When she was 22 with 22, the story. because Addie LaRue, you know, the story goes over 300 years back and forth in time. And one of the things, even if you do stay eternally young, and you might from, be from another century, if you've lived that many years, you will be wise. You will have wisdom. Yes. You will have wisdom just by virtue of all the experiences. Yeah. So... Um, it just, I really, really, I mean, I, you know, we had another, like Lori, when you were gone last week, we talked with Lisa Jewell, who's a best selling author. Love it was books. just when people can, the authors can, are passionate about their books and can talk about it. And sometimes the authors are so inter- yeah. introverted that it's kind of a harder conversation. Yes. Yeah. So and, this was really just, but she would be like great to be on book tour. I mean, oh. you, know, you can just see it and she probably would have had a huge book tour because her writing, her young adult novels mm-hmm. have been very successful. And um, then, you know, she gets from a short story, she gets a 10 part a Netflix with the showrunner, a writer's right. room, casting, everything. And now Addie LaRue. And there was a bidding war for Netflix to even on that short story. Right. And it's really cool. <laughs> To the youth in her, she's so delightful yeah. and articulate. That was really fun. So that was that was a highlight. Yeah, so, uh, so contact fun. your local bookstores. Yes, Do not please. order this from Mr. Jeff. All the local bookstores will deliver. They, they have it. They have it. They'll have the book. We yep. don't. He gets enough money, Mr. Jeff. The Invisible and, Life of Addie LaRue. <laughs> yeah. Really, we're serious about that. I mean, that. please support yeah. our local bookstores. Local bookstores. Okay, so Julia, let's yes. just talk for a second about um, that. Uh, the Sun is speculating. Uh, well, not uh, the Sun is speculating that Dominic West uh, is being chatted <laughs> to to play Prince Charles uh, in uh, season five and six of The Crown, and season four debuts November eleventh. Just FYI. Yeah. Okay. I feel like he shouldn't be rewarded right now. But Well, I mean, because the Crown has done a pretty good job with casting, except for the fact that the Queen Elizabeth, they aged up too fast. But the irony... Way to age a woman. Well, they did. They Mm -hmm. went from Claire Foy to Olivia uh, Coleman. And... Olivia Coldman was older than the Queen. It didn't make sense. That sure. that one bugged us. But the thing that is really blowing my mind about this whole thing is that the Crown has... Those producers have options. They don't have to settle for stunt casting the first actor <laughs> caught up in a big public affair with big ears. And Lily James, who Dominic West has been banging on the side, well, she's had to quit all of her Rebecca interviews. And he's married and staged a photo op with his wife and gave a note to the press that everything was okay in their marriage. Her wild and crazy year and the reason she even had the affair with Dominic West, listen, Donnie, okay, was because she broke up. Her boyfriend Matt yep. Smith, who played Prince Philip in seasons one of the two of The Crown, yep, dumped her. So he could go out with Claire Foy, the young queen from season one and two. So Claire Foy and him, Matt Smith, are going out now? The chemistry we saw? Yes, on Julia, the first but two he years had the... dated Lily James I for didn't... like five years. So she's 
heartbroken that Matt Smith, the guy she thought she was going to marry, dumped her to go be Wait, with that's his good co-star. Scoop. Why didn't we know this? Because, Julia, I dig deep sometimes oh, and I read. Her. Look at her, Rocco. Oh, she reads. Okay. And I read. Did you get the dig? No, no, it's not a dig. <laughs> it is just a fact. Okay. okay. And you know what? I'm so okay with that. Okay, but, and I also remember this crap. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I do remember this stuff. But now I'm speculating. Those two were together. Lily James and Matt Smith. Yes, they were together for several years. But I didn't know Claire Foy was with Matt Smith. Now they've been. They've kept it very on the down low. So here's what I'm speculating. You know, Lily James. She's Cinderella. She she was also in Downton Abbey. You know, her heart is broken. Matt, and now he's with the co-star. That hot. Was there ever anything going on? Even though there wasn't. And then along comes Army Hammer. They film Rebecca, but. She's uh, they they don't have a thing or whatever. No. But then the next movie she does, Dominic West, who I can see that he would have a je ne sais quoi about his Bigfoot face and mm-hmm. everything. Even though like he would just like he would have. I've seen him kind of naked on the on the affair mm-hmm. as Noah Soloway. Even though I wanted to punch his face half the time, right? I can see it, and he made her feel. Beautiful, of course, she already is, but there's nothing like a 50 year old man who knows his way around the lady, uh, a trow and knows just what to say. Okay, wait now, Rocco, yeah, yeah, lady you know, trow. I'm just writing this down, yeah. I mean, where do we go? This is going to be in our Friday recap Foot show, fa- Bigfoot big face. Foot face, and lady trow. I'm no, too- but he, he's a panty dropper. Not on a panty dropper. Okay, that's what they called him in the olden days. You know, like a, he knows how to, like he probably, he probably just, he probably like maybe maybe threatened to spank her or you know oh, like something like that. And it really got you know because she'd been with Matt Smith and it had been pretty vanilla, vanilla, vanilla. Because she's not that old; she's like thirty. So she was with Matt Smith, you know, and maybe you're not. Uh, I don't know. Are you really your most adventurous when you have just the same boyfriend or girlfriend all the time? Maybe not. Okay. Okay. Honest, okay. I'm just saying it could be vanilla quick. You know what I mean? Now, did Casey watch The Wire? Yes, he <laughs> Does loved he have the an wire. opinion on, on Dominic? Dominic? Yeah. No, he would hate. He wouldn't even engage in this conversation with me <laughs> even a second. I, and nor we're also, trying not I'm, to. I'm sort of over here not commenting either. But right, I lo- I mean, I I will always He's just love actor. him for, for being McNulty on The Wire. He's right. right. a great actor, and he can act. But this is layers and layers of bleepery as it relates to the Crown. And just all of that. and um, I'm really shocked that Matt Smith is going out with Claire Foy. I mean, they had chemistry. Yes, we thought that they were going out. But it was because he had been in a long-term thing with Lily James. And you know all those British actors know each other. They all know each other. Small town that way. And as Rocco likes to put it, they're in all of our movies. Right. (laughs) Right. And there was a 12-year age gap, so he'll be with this 30-year-old. His wife is going to go crazy if this happens. But um, I could have seen other people. I don't think he looks anything like Prince Charles. But the ears could be they could just add an appendage to the lobe anybody can look like anybody i feel like yeah, they can maybe. make anybody but like look the like kid anybody that they've had you know for season three of the i mean they've had they've done good with casting and kelly ripa says ryan might have covid that's why he wasn't there today he's getting a covid test and he's um 
staying at home. Got it. So now you know what's happening. Now we know what you know. We conquer cancer. For the mom-to-be who is out of treatment options. For the doctor who has a brilliant idea but needs research funding. For the people who faced cancer head-on and climbed incredible heights while they were with us. For the children who celebrate the end of chemo. We conquer cancer for all who have been touched by it. Conquer Cancer accelerates breakthroughs in research and care for every cancer, every patient, everywhere. Join us at conquer.org.